Hey, thanks for listening to Suicide Buddies. We just want to say right now, before we start this episode, uh, we tell jokes about suicide, suicidal thoughts, and depression on this show. Uh, they can get real dark. And that's because we've been there, and it's how we cope with it. We hope it'll help you. It's not because we think suicide is a joke or that it would be funny if anyone committed suicide. So please just know that going into this show. And if you're experiencing suicidal thoughts or want to commit suicide, don't do it and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline right now. The number is 1-800-273-TALK. They're always there. They will talk to you. They know what you're going through. They will hear you. Please stay here with us on Earth. We're glad you're alive and enjoy the show. You know just what to do when I look at you and I don't want to go. They call me on the phone and won't leave me alone when I don't want to go. Me and I have families from Chernobyl. I don't I don't know if you know where Chernobyl is. <laughs> oh it's up by Glasgow. No, no. <laughs> it's where you find all the radioactivity. <laughs> they put all the radioactivity by me potatoes. <laughs> Are there a lot of potatoes in Scotland also? There are potatoes I don't think everywhere you... now because of the radiation. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, Dave. Over by Chernobyl, Godzilla started emerging from the radiation. Oh, we're, we're stricken with the flu of Godzilla's. I think this is when we all find out that Hampton has never been to a single day of school. <laughs> oh, man. I cannot stop watching Chernobyl, man. Oh, dude. It's so good, isn't it? The accents. No uh, one's Russian. No, oh, it's amazing. All I, UK oh, people. Oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It's funny too because they do. I thought about that. It's all British or American mm-hmm. accents, but then the poor people, like the miners, are all Irish or Scottish <laughs> Sco- for no reason. Scottish. All right, so let me get this straight. Oh, right. That's the like uh, the general who's in charge of like the infantry guys, <laughs> and then there's the head miner who's like, who's like, do these work? Do these work? And they're like, no. Uh, they're like, yes, kind of. If they worked, you'd be wearing them. <laughs> like, God damn it, just... man. I do it. My family died for Stalin. I've I... been Russian my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's like version of like a Russian. <laughs> it just really is uh, that uh, it's, it's just like we do he- like we do here in the States where if we're trying to characterize someone as like uninformed or dumb or uneducated, we give them a Southern accent. <laughs> It's so unfair, dude. Oh, dang, man. So that reactor, you don't put your dick in there, and that yeah. made all the... Ch- I've been from Chernobyl my whole life, man. I've seen some fucked up shit, but I, when Daryl put his dick in the reactor, that hey, was fucked up. Hey, comrade. Hey, <laughs> comrade. Comrade, you, comrade Vladchenko. Dude, you got, you got to listen to that Jeff Fox. Foxworthy, he's got that you might be a comrade. <laughs> Uh, material, uh, it's good, dude. Move a little uh, bit north, you get that Baltimore, Baltimore attitude. <laughs> oh, Chernobyl, dude, that was awful. 
It was awful. With the radiation, my skin was melting off my balls, dude. I was I, I was getting the hoagie down there at the Wawa. And, uh, and, and, and I ride down there yeah. at, uh, at the Wawa right by Chernobyl there. And that shit blew up, dude. It blew up right up in my right up in, in my cheesy meat. <laughs> no, you know, I've been from Chernobyl my whole life. <laughs> Is that what's that? Uh, I think Italian, it's, New Yorker, it's Italian New Yorker, New York. Yeah, New sure. York. Yeah, hey, hey, forget you know, about it. Chernobyl, it. fuck you. The, the you know Russian what? government wants you to forget about it. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't give a shit about this Chernobyl business. You know why? <laughs> you know why? There's never gonna be any radioactivity in my calzones. It's never gonna make it. You know why? You know why a calzone? It's closed. It's a closed. <laughs> it's a, no graphite. Nothing, no graphite in my calzone. Nothing can make it through that bread. Let me tell you something. You ever had my grandma's bread? You haven't. You haven't had my grandmother's bread. Doesn't let any uranium in. No xenon. No. <laughs> I just know Vladimir Putin's a good guy. <laughs> Hey, yeah, uh, hey, I got an idea. Hey, Gorbachev, why don't you take the control rods out of your ass? How about that? <laughs> we were talking before the pod that this is so mm-hmm. funny that, like, Game of Thrones ending, I was like, well, I guess that's going to be the show I love is now yeah. over. Yeah. Which it kind of mm-hmm. ended with a fizzle in a lot of ways. I mean, I liked it, but I think there was too much hate on it. And then Chernobyl is like this backdoor thing I didn't expect. Totally. And it's so fucking different and great. It was really interesting. Yeah, I was so pumped for the last season of Game of Thrones. And I found myself, after the first couple episodes, being like, oh, I wish it were Monday. I want to see Chernobyl. That's it. (laughs) It totally replaced it for me. I want to see people melting. It was also really interesting because I like... Uh, not really because I wanted to, but I would always watch the inside the episode things of Game of Thrones because it would just play. And then the same with Chernobyl. And by the end... The, watching the Chernobyl ones really taught me how bad the Game of Thrones ones are because mm. the Game of Thrones inside the episodes are like, yeah, you know, we were just thinking about how great <laughs> we've been for seven seasons and we should keep being great. And that's why we did this thing that was so great. <laughs> and then in Chernobyl, they're throwing like all of this math and science at you and you're like, whoa, they like actually learned things to do this. A huge difference that I feel is like, it's so weird with Game of Thrones, like I guess the whole appeal was you never really were supposed to know what was going to happen and then people would kind of get mad towards the end where you're like well there's only so many ways this can go down now but with chernobyl you literally start a show where you're like so everyone and everything i'm seeing is dead and died horrifically right and there's no like oh i wonder if that guy like wins chernobyl (laughs) like there's no right there's no season two of chernobyl coming out this guy who who says uh like right in the beginning of the show when the guy who is running the the reactor that night is like there's no way the core exploded. You're not watching being like he's right. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, I bet yeah. credits case closed. <laughs> now I can't wait for Chernobyl the next generation. They just have like a teen spin-off. Did you ever <laughs> see the HBO show uh the miniseries Show Me a Hero? No. It stars Oscar Isaac. It's about this um local like city council member in Yonkers, New York, who commits suicide. Sounds bonkers. Actually, he commits suicide. <laughs> and uh, 
uh, the whole show is about his weird journey with like the housing department, and it's very boring. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he commits suicide. And I guess huh. it's supposedly a really well-known story. Right. And the whole story is rooted in the fact that you know what's happening, but I didn't. You didn't have it. I didn't idea. know. And so I was like, why is this show so fucking boring, dude? And uh, and then he killed himself, and I was like, oh. And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, yeah, wow. This was, like, in the news. <laughs> and his, like, su- his suicide note is just like, I'm sorry you all think I'm so fucking boring. <laughs> Specifically, Dave Ross thinks my life would be boring as a t- Oh, oh I guess I'm Mr. Boring. Boring. <laughs> Uh, by the way, real quick, you found yourself at Suicide Buddies hey. on Starburns Audio. Hey, guys. I'm Dave Ross. I'm Hampton Young. This is a comedy and mental health podcast run by two people who've dealt with suicidal thoughts and depression a lot, and so we joke around about it pretty viciously. I didn't uh, mean to, to say bonkers that quick. <laughs> <laughs> After you, you dropped the suicide bomb on that. <laughs> It's like Yonkers, bonkers. And then, oh shit, you said suicide in between those yeah. two things. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, I'm wow. Fired. I didn't even think of that. I've been I, uh... thinking so much recently about how grateful I am that podcasting doesn't fall under the FCC and just shit like that. I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I never have to think about that sort of stuff. Fall under the FCC. What do you mean by that? Like just saying stuff that's wildly inappropriate. Oh, sure. And right. Then getting right, right. fired over it, basically. Right, 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 right. 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 Because I, I think it is regulated by the FCC in the sense that, oh, like, it? or maybe, I mean, you can't play, you still have to pay people their, for playing their music and shit like that. Right. But yeah, you can say rules, fuck yeah. and stuff. <laughs> 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 I don't know if that's the FCC, but. Damn. Yeah, dude. It's so cool to be an adult. It's so much cooler to have a podcast instead of radio, because on a podcast, you can say stuff like, man, I hate Jews, (laughs) and you can't on the radio. And I love Chernobyl. (laughs) (laughs) I love that Chernobyl happened. Dude, by the way, I made a decision, and and look, I'm not making this decision for anyone else, including you. Mm -hmm. Feel free. But I am not going to make 9-11 jokes anymore. Okay. And it's because I was just at my cousin's wedding, and my oldest cousin... Uh, well, I'm not going to say who it is, but like uh, my oldest cousin um, lost a fuckload of people in 9-11, I found out. Oh, wow. Like worked at like the company that was the floor. Al-Qaeda? That, like, really worked for Al-Qaeda. <laughs> he lost a bunch like of his I buddies said, that day. Like I said, <laughs> you can keep making jokes. I lost <laughs> 20 of my good pals, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. See, you can't oh stop the music. Hey, look, man, I can still point and laugh. No, but I hear you, and I mm-hmm. think I've personally moved on to Chernobyl. Oh, yeah, sure. Because it's when I it's watch more this recent. Series, people are melting. Yeah, dude. You're just like given a sickness where you have to melt for a week. Yeah, totally. And it looked really graphic. Really shot. Uh, <laughs> it was shot to... like it really, it made me like want to puke and stuff. It was... Oh, totally. And stuff. And yeah. stuff. Shit and puke. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was funny, dude. I've been making 9-11 jokes a lot, and then I just found out someone I'm really close to, like another one of my cousins is like, yeah, dude, did you not know that? Like, uh, hmm. everyone, everyone. And I was like, I guess it's not even specifically to them that I'm wow. doing this, but it really reminded me like, oh, yeah, that's like a real <laughs> a real thing that happened to people. <laughs> uh, and I have no idea if they listen to my podcast, but yikes. You yikers. know what I mean? Yeah, dude. This is almost more a 9-11 podcast than a suicide <laughs> podcast. I, I, You know what? I'll, I'll talk to the people 
at 9-11 and make... I'll clear this up. Thanks. I'll Thank clear it up first. At the production company that yeah. made 9-11. We'll go yeah, back, yeah. erase yeah. our old lips. Yeah, get get, well, yeah, scrub it. <laughs> scrub <laughs> it. Get rid of that shit, dude. I don't want any fucking evidence, dude. You are no way associated with this. No, 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 Any of my material on multiple CDs. Quite frankly, I've never... Any of your material that you were like, Dave Ross said that. No, 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 no. Yeah. You don't know me. I've never been affiliated. Oh, man. Oh, are you kidding me, man? Like, I've made so many 9-11 jokes. Um, well, I'm trying to get into these Chernobyl jokes, man. Come let's on. Let's do it. Let's hear one. All right. Say well, one right now. Uh, but sure, yes, bull. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay, okay. Targeted. Shot. Boom. Man, you know what I say to Scoped. Chernobyl? Scoped. Chernobyl shit. <laughs> you know, that didn't happen. It was staged in the same place the moon landing was staged. And a soundstage in Chatsworth. Guys, this is all the hot riffing you missed in Portland. Yeah, man. More like Fatsworth, you know what I mean? Uh, thanks so much to everybody who came out to the Portland show. Portland, uh, Portland shows. That was I amazing. actually don't thank you. Hampton is thankful and I am not. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Hampton, mm-hmm. yeah. Hampton is appreciative of people and I refuse to be. No, it was you great, You have to man. give back all that applause, man. I did, dude. I threw it right in their fucking faces, dude. <laughs> man, yeah, Portland was absolutely fucking incredible, and we are going to do that more around the country for sure. It was like, like a test thing. We did that. We announced we were going to do it, and then we mm-hmm. missed an episode, and people were like, did they die? <laughs> like, did they get so high they died in Yeah, Portland? we forgot to. We were traveling, so we weren't posting online as much, and we forgot to tell you before, so sorry. We, <laughs> we're okay. <laughs> I know it's just cool to be like an absentee dad with a Suicide podcast. <laughs> oh shit! Just, I didn't think about that. You guys, make sure you come out to the next shows. Yeah, dude, catch all that Portland come magic. See us live. <laughs> come to see us a live. I want to say is. too. Uh, it literally, we, I met both of us met too many people uh, than it's possible to shout out yeah. and like remember all of your names, and that's sad because I met. All of you and loved every single chance to meet people at the show. And a lot of you gave us gifts. Somebody made us a shirt <laughs> that said Slampton Cunt on it. <laughs> yeah. Those people were so cool. Uh, man, uh, someone else made us a shirt that I have. God I wore it. that when I robbed a bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now no, no one still knows who I am. Oh, yeah, right. Well, they're like, wow, Slampton Cunt. Who could that be? (laughs) (laughs) Don't Google it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Yeah, we were given a couple of shirts. Someone gave us a bunch of weed. Uh, Some people came from, I believe, Seattle and had us literally sign their Twin Towers uh, (laughs) statue. Uh, (laughs) You're like, this is so funny because Mm -hmm. I don't know about my my uncle Mm -hmm. who has all these tests. In a couple days, I'm going to no longer do this. Um, Oh, that's so funny. Thank you for giving me this tribute. Yeah, no, it was so... So amazing. I like that they got it, though. They get it. You guys are cool. Thanks for coming out. That's all I wanted to say. We really appreciate it. I literally thought maybe six people would show up each show. Yeah. Way, way better. Yeah, there was no. I didn't know. You never. It was. Yeah, they we didn't were tell really, us the ticket sales. It was a couple things. Like, we were taking a chance for sure on doing that because, I mean, even, I don't know. I mean, I've gone to. It's weird. Like I, 
I have toured for a while and there are like cities here and there where I've like really gotten a good turnout mm. on like a second or third time there. And I'm like, Oh shit, I developed some fans here. And then the fourth time there's like no one, you never fucking yeah. know how it's working, how yeah. you reach people or whatever. If people like, I also have friends who have really popular podcasts who their stand up, their fans don't really come to. And they literally get emails from their fans saying, yeah, I just don't like stand-up, which just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some fun ones, which is when I've just shown up to a gig, and I remember specifically it's like at a college where just no one was there. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was like they were just like, yeah, um, unfortunately tonight, same night, there's a dog on campus. Everybody wants to go pet. Like it was like that level. <laughs> right. of, they were like, "There's a sandwich thing across." I was like, <laughs> "Right, what the fuck? Are <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> they were yeah, like yeah, the most minuscule thing possible." Yeah, there's literally nothing else happening on this on this campus. There's also sometimes it's, one other thing. Sometimes it's really extreme. Like I've done shows where I show up and there's no one there, and the promoter is like, "Yeah, dude, here's the thing. I I totally forgot to promote this." <laughs> And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell anyone, man. I didn't tell anyone. You have to tell me what life crisis you went through. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> or you think you can just abandon your responsibilities. That's what it always is like. It's like, just don't question me any further about why I just seemingly don't give a fuck about my own life, let yeah, alone yours. Totally. <laughs> Like, but yeah, this, so this also, I mean, generally when you're touring with where Hampton and I are at in comedy, it's a lot of like, you know, you like rely, you lean into the local scene, the comics there know what's going on. They build up audiences. Yeah. So I have like through touring, I've been, it feels like pulling anywhere from one to 20 people when I go to a city who are like a fan of mine who are there right. for me. So we were like, first time ever, let's see what happens if we just get a theater. And um, you guys really showed, really showed up, and it was awesome. And thank you. It was, it was yeah. also so cool because, like, I don't know. It just made doing stand up better. It exactly. made our stand up better. Dude, it kind of <laughs> fucking blew because remember that conversation we had at dinner before the shows. Like, I was talking about working that comedy club the yeah. whole weekend. I went from, ladies and gentlemen, I went from like <laughs> a really fucking week, shitty weekend at a comedy club. That was Seattle. doing everything possible to kind of ruin their business. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, I didn't really know how it'd go in Portland. But then to see the results in Portland, you're, I just immediately was like, this is how it should go. Like, yeah. I should be going out with my friend. We're having fun. We're doing better money. And it's we're just taking on a little bit more of the responsibility. Yeah. And then I come back home and I'm like trying to tell my manager this over the phone. Uh -huh. And it's it's, dude, it was like such an uphill battle. No. Yeah, it's like at first he was like, that's great, that's cool. And then by the end of the conversation, I was like, no, but dude, you got to do these clubs. And like, you know, you can take that risk, but I don't know. And I was like, no, I'm telling you, like I literally had a revelation, man, about <laughs> how a career should go for someone on my level. Like that we should be doing this more. Like comics should be doing gotta this. you got to do the clubs? That doesn't make any sense. No, because he, he goes, well, then you're just playing to your fans and you're not making anyone new. And, oh, I see. and I was like, I don't think so, dude. Like, really? No. My whole thing was comedy clubs cost way too much fucking money. You made a great point that they, they're lame. <laughs> yeah. for, 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 again, like, most people... Nine times out of ten, they're yeah, lame. Most yeah, times, like, yeah. most people who are our fans would be like, ah, comedy club, that's lame. I really do think if you perform at a comedy club, you lose this, like, 
a third of the population that just hears the phrase comedy club and is like, yeah. boo, fuck so it's that. Like, just cut out I, the fucking chicken tenders. <laughs> the whole fucking, right. re, you know, comedy club dynamic of like, well, you got to order an entree and two drinks and everything and parking. And then it's like, just sell tickets as cheap as possible and just do that. Also, here's I something mean, you remember God. you're listening right now. And if you see like one or both of us do shows in the future and you're trying to decide between a club show and a theater show we put together. I mean, obviously we're saying all the reasons why theater's better, but sometimes money is a factor and people will look at a comedy club and be like, well, the tickets to this are 10 bucks or 15 or something. And the tickets to this theater show are 20 or 25. But what it doesn't say on the flyer for the comedy show is that you have to buy two fucking $8 <laughs> drinks. And Dude, I wish any of the places I've been playing these last couple of years had any tickets close to $10. Swear, dude. It's really? Usually twenty, twenty-five at least. What for? That's no, insane, for like dude. no one. Usually, I'm like me, but no that's one's crazy. And the, the audiences are coming out don't know me, so that's even more of a thing. I'm like, if this was a diehard fan, I could understand, but it's like you're asking the regular person to come out, yeah, to see old chuckle fuck. That's so funny. <laughs> I, I, you know what the prices I was thinking about were the prices of my shows when I just did Go Bananas in Cincinnati, and that's a great club. And, they uh, do it right, and they are uh, they're affordable prices, and everyone still gets paid well. Uh, yeah, they're. I think like it's maybe approaching eighteen, twenty Saturday show or whatever. But the Thursday if, show is like twelve bucks. It's bred a really comedy savvy audience by not yeah. uh, like you know that town's cool as by fuck not too. exploiting their own audiences. <laughs> so that's the thing is like I don't know, and it's hard not to see it with like a lot of comedy clubs, you know, closing or not being able to compete. And it's yeah, like, but what you were saying was you went through this like you were at a shitty fucking club where they didn't treat you right or the other comics or even their audience. And yeah. so you were like doing your material and it was an uphill battle. And then you go do the theater show. It, and was, it was all like, fun. Like I really honestly, this was the most fun I've had with a shitty gig, which was I was proud of. Of just good. being like very early on, I was like, oh, uh, they, the guy who picked me up was maybe drunk. So I was like, I don't give a fuck if this club burns down. So I just started <laughs> right. ordering drinks and having a fun time. And I'd be like laughing because they'd be, I'd be like, hey, who's going to open? And they're like, oh shit. Um, called like, uh, Jared, he's down the street. Like, see if he can come. Like, Whoa. last minute, can we have people open the show? And I would just start laughing and just be like, "Do you want me to do two hours? Like, I'll take, I'll do whatever, dude. Like, I'll screen like iPhone videos. <laughs> like, up there. like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, wow, dude. <laughs> if you don't give a shit, I don't give a shit. Yeah, there's no way I'm gonna give a shit. If, and that's why Go Bananas is good. They actually really give a shit. They, they really do. want good crowds to come. And some out clubs, and some clubs do. Yeah, I've done I've done a few uh, that do, um, but yeah, that fucking those Portland shows, goddamn man, it's just like Seattle it's really rare that <laughs> I mean it's like hard in comedy to get to a place where you're filling up rooms with people who know you and are pumped to see you, and so it was one of like our first experiences with it, and it was so crazy and freeing. Like I riffed. At least half of my fucking <laughs> you, sets. You dude. kept saying during your mm -hmm. sets, you'd be like, and it wasn't like, I, I don't want to make you self conscious about mm -hmm. this, but you say something to the effect of, like, I just feel so safe up here. Yeah. yeah. And I really was, I mm -hmm. felt the same thing of like, there were so many weird riffs and things that mm -hmm. we were both saying that was completely because the audience was like, just going with you. Just going with it. Which and you is know, I feel really like hard usually, you know. There are, there have been occasions where I'm like up there doing an hour and by like 30 minutes in, I feel that safe and I'm like, yeah, exactly. they're going with me. But that's the thing. Like, to, like earn it. I didn't have thing. to earn it. So I could just be 
completely me right up top because and it makes sense it's not like i don't even think it's, it's us pulling punches with other people it's just literally if someone doesn't know you they have no context for you and so if you go up up there and say the types of jokes we say on this podcast you're just like i eat cum they're like god damn like i what is this yeah See, typical <laughs> comedy club rules is as a performer how you earn the audience's trust is you wait for someone to make any sort of mistake like someone drops a drink and then you just start calling a woman a whore. <laughs> right. in the audience, you just pick them out and you make them feel terrible. And then the audience sees you now as an alpha, as a dominant godlike figure. Totally. And it's like how your first day in prison, you kill your cellmate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. Here's the ultimate power move in prison. First day of prison, you find the tallest, biggest dude and, and you, you kill yourself. <laughs> you kill yourself right in front of him. <laughs> He can't push you around. You push you around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to do the suck his dick one also. Well, I'm glad we I both wish, did I it different we... angles. That's like, Is that shows a... like how we're like similar and different. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, okay, let's merge them. You suck his dick, but while you're doing it, you blow your brains out. While totally. your mouth is on his dick. Totally. So you kill yourself <laughs> and blow his dick off at the same time, right as he comes, dude. So the cum hits the back of your throat at the same moment as the bullet, dude. <laughs> now, of course, what this, are we talking this about is right now? one of those now? prisons that lets you bring in a gun, of course. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> lets you bring it in. Yeah, a federal prison. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what are they going to do? Stop you? You have a gun. I'm already in prison. What are you going to take my gun? You just walk into prison with the gun out. Hey, hey, hey back I'm up. Go, I'm, I'm go going to my cell. <laughs> my cell, see? Yeah, let me into, me my, into my, cell. my cell now. Eh? <laughs> no one try any funny business. I'm going to get in the ah, cell. I'm going to sleep. Open up those bars, pops. <laughs> yeah. You know what time it is. And that's um, the thing, you'd blow out your brains while sucking their dick. And then everyone in the prison yard's like, well, I guess his dick must be awful. I know. So now you've shamed him. Because that guy loves sucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell by his face. I could tell by that gun he's holding. Tell that's by his dick sucking gun. By his face and the fact that he's named Hampton Yunt. <laughs> guy's got DSG, man. <laughs> dick sucking guns. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny dude that should be the new designation when somebody's just got a bunch of guns and they're really big it's just like that guy's like forcing people to you know like let me suck your dick motherfucker dude that's guy that guy's got some dsgs dsgs dude turn it down with the guns we, the shootings. We're going to take a break real quick for this toothpaste ad or something. Um, <laughs> brush your teeth, guys. Hygiene. It's brush very your important. fucking teeth. Uh, and we're going to come back. And actually, this episode is just going to be Hampton and I talking about our feelings about, well, life. And uh, <laughs> we're just going to catch up, sort of. But before we, uh, we get to that, I want to say real quick, something that for some reason we've never talked about on the show is Aristotle, our producer, runs a fucking zine printing label Yay. called Protein Press. Uh, look at these. Look at how many zines we got. He posted this thing on Instagram while I was in Portland and I was like, oh, what the fuck? I didn't know about this. I would have sent, <laughs> we should have sent people. Ah. So support Protein Press. It's proteinbooks.com at Protein Press on Twitter. It's, uh, it's zines laid out and pressed by our own Aristotle Acevedo and they're fucking dope, man. Aristotle used to run a zine fest. What's that? And Chris. And nah, shut up, dude. <laughs> we don't care about this other dude, even though he does listen to this, the podcast and support us. Uh, it's Chris. What's his name? Chris what? Saldano. Chris Saldano. 
and Aristotle is Acevedo. Yeah, I don't know, man. The zines look good. They're all like they're all for causes. Each yeah. one's for a different cause. I don't know, man. You should check it out. Uh, yeah, these are awesome, dude. Uh, yeah, they were just a zine proud. fest, and all the sales they made went to support Yellowhammer Fund. But the rest of these are like for like you know conservative causes, like anti-immigration <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Aristotle's been printing up his anti-abortion zine. <laughs> you know, talking to all the local conservative cool kids, getting the hottest, freshest interviews. Yeah, dude. Why These global are so... warming's a fucking lie. He came here and he gave us a bunch of zines and hell yeah, dude. Because I like art. That is pretty funny. Whenever you get like a religious pamphlet, you're like, cool, zine. Yeah, dude. that's so funny. <laughs> God zine. God zine. <laughs> what music do you listen to? <laughs> Where do you skate? Hey, dude, I'm going to give you this fucking God zine back in three days. <laughs> a Bible is a God zine. <laughs> it's the longest zine ever, dude. Whoa. It's actually a collection of zines. It's, <laughs> it's a book, but it is a collection of zines written by Matthew, Mark, Luke. John, keep going. All the Backstreet Boys. Bet. Yeah, totally. Donner, Blitzen, <laughs> Sleepy, Bashful. Santa. Santa. Easter Bunny. <laughs> uh, LP, Killer Mike. All of them, dude. <laughs> Wu-Tang for life. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, Killer Mike is my favorite member of Wu-Tang. <laughs> <laughs> All of Wu-Tang Clan plus Killer Mike. All right, we'll be back after this ad for Pants. You want to go to Casa Bonita? Noah. <laughs> Noah. No? You don't have any hard opinions about Casa Bonita? Uh, you want to tell the people? I just went to Casa Bonita with my family last night. I was in the Denver area for that wedding. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, a bunch of my cousins and their significant others. And I went to Casa Bonita because I'd seen the South Park episode about it. And so with they, and I've heard... <laughs> South Park dictates. <laughs> yeah. Both of our lives. Yeah, honestly, it is my God. It's my God. Uh, it's my one true... I'm more of a night. Trey Parker dude. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like Trey Parker and Matt Stone are the Holy Trinity. And the third one is, of course, Cartman. No way, dude. I like Kenny. <laughs> Aww, because of the death thing. Because you're so dark. Is that why? Uh, He's the only character brave enough to die every episode. I like him because he always wears a jacket, which yeah. is good if it's cold out. I was tricked into thinking Casa Benita was good, too from that episode and then you're telling me you almost got dude it sucks man Ebola. I mean the problem is Ebola, dude it is a, like worth going to to see the spectacle that it is because it is inherently interesting it's a fucking it's basically a dirty Chuck E. Cheese with a big waterfall and pool in the middle that fucking f like slightly <laughs> overweight men cliff dive from hey kids come on <laughs> Slightly dirty Chuck <laughs> Try our bowl of lukewarm piss. <laughs> Try our <laughs> chlorine smell for no reason. See, that's the thing. Is it like you hear about it and it's like, wow, it's like a Mexican restaurant where there's cliff diving in the middle. That sounds insane. You Why don't would really that exist? Process how those two worlds should not be yeah. together. And so, yeah, just imagine that you're you're sitting there and there's nachos in front of you and it's humid. It's humid. <laughs> In humid there. chlorine smell so you think you're being like poisoned and we also were warned by everyone in denver like 
yeah, go. It's really funny to be in there, but do not eat the food because people get sick from it all the time. So then we, I tried to order the cheapest thing, which was nachos, and then I didn't eat it. We're sitting, we're sitting at a table full of people who are so rich that they buy food they're not going to eat. You know what I mean? And we're not rich, but that's how it felt. I was just like, what kind of white bullshit am I doing right now? Where I fucking and you just please dispose of your meal in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just, just sink it in. I was sitting across from my cousin Alex, who is like great and like very he's like someone who has his shit together. He just got married. Uh, they just bought a house. Uh, he works very hard. He works out all the time. He like really is going after what he wants in life. And he literally said to me at one point, he's like, are we all having an existential crisis right now? <laughs> It was so crazy, dude. Uh, I am losing my mind. I just went to Six Flags, yeah. and uh, I've had a lot of bad theme park experiences, and this time I fast-passed it Okay. with Georgia for her birthday. Does that mean that you go to the front of the line? Yeah, like okay. you basically go up as quick as possible, and man, cha- game changer. Oh, really? It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Not having to la- wait in lines. And plus, it was like Six Flags, uh, this is Magic Mountain here, yeah. the one that's close by. It's really sad. Is it? Like, I've never been to that one. I was like, this place really needs an influx of like a million dollars or something. Oh, it's like dirty, like yeah. unkempt. Like we, I was like, I kept joking. I was like, man, I can't wait to meet Batman. Right, right, <laughs> meet right. Bugs Bunny and make him kiss. And like, right. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to have so much fun. And then like we went to like the DC part of Six Flags and it's like just empty. No. And there's literally like a fake town there's like a fake street which feels like they just got that from the warner brothers back lot just uh-huh. like some excess props and there's literally nothing about dc like it's just a fake coffee shop and a fake post office what and then there's like a fake thing that has newspapers right uh-huh. and i go in to look and it's like the flash is like the headline it's some fake newspaper about the flesh but it's all mildewed and decomposed what in this dude? thing and i was like you're fucking kidding me <laughs> like all of this street is just there's no purpose here other than it's a fake street and the one thing that's for like dc is this mildewy paper wow, they need to they just never change the paper out and all the rides were closed and shit that were like you know the superman ride was like closed and the isn't that supposed to be ride. their best roller coaster yeah too? whoa no, why was it fucking closed, closed? they just don't have any money and so when something breaks, I'm sure they're like, well, we have to wait till next month where we have the money to repair it. Whoa. People just aren't going there as much or something like that? It seemed like a regular amount of people, but I guarantee you needs more. And you know. Wow. Well, yeah. I yeah, mean, was, the reason I'm asking that is I remember going to a Six Flags when I was a kid, and it was like an hour wait to ride every ride, and it was just packed as fuck. And- no, this was like we got to walk up to every ride, you know, which was sweet, but right. like... I don't know, like... How many people were you cutting in line, would you say? That's the thing, at at certain times it was like, you're counting in front of, you know, like 30 people, if that, and then sometimes it was like 100 people, so you felt like you were getting something out of it. Yeah. But like, nah, it was actually, one thing was kind of insane, because I'm really like not into heights and i was like literally going oh, fuck oh, god fuck, kill me like yeah, yeah, yeah. Screaming. georgie was like thank you so much for doing this for yeah, me because yeah, yeah. like she really wanted to do it but there was this one roller coaster which i almost had like a godlike moment where the theme of the roller coaster is these two roller coasters go off that about the same time and they can happen to sync up so it's like you're going on one and then there's one above you where they flipped and they're you're both like can look at each other whoa so that happened all of a sudden like i wasn't expecting it and uh-huh. suddenly this roller coaster just comes right up on top of me and me and this black dude just make 
perfect eye contact and we're both like making these like faces that are like s- such pure joy of just like ah! <laughs> we're both like Wah! whoa like, cool both looking at each other and it was like I got off the ride and was just like oh, I felt and like- that's how you lost your racism <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I'm going to die. And like just screaming at another dude's face, like yeah, four yeah. feet away from you. Like, what the fuck? Wow, that's amazing. Holy shit. It was, that, I was like, that alone was entirely worth this whole day. That's incredible, was, dude. <laughs> insane. That's the exact opposite of the time I went to the Six Flags in Houston. And this is a real fucking thing that happened to me when I was 12. Mm. I, there's a, I think it's the one in Houston. Um, there's a roller coaster that's basically just like a tube. Um it's a well. You sit in a car, a two-person car, and uh, there's a harness on either side that comes over purse, each person, and then the track is on the left and right of the car. It's not underneath it or above it. Oh wow! And so it's just like yeah, the track itself. I say it's a tube because you just go forward and backward, and then the track <laughs> sp- like rotate or spins. Uh, so as you're going forward, the car spins. Yeah. And you basically do like a barrel roll and then for a while and then it stops and then you do the same thing in the reverse direction, right? This goes on for hours. <laughs> right. Four hours. Yeah. So I get in the thing with my friend and uh, I was like a really like insecure, like didn't want to ruffle feathers kind of kid. Uh, I mean, still am, but it's I was wondering really, when that stopped. <laughs> really. Yeah. But now I would definitely stand up for myself mm-hmm. in at the very least, this situation, which is... If danger was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I was just talking to my friend, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to pull my harness down. And then I pulled it as they locked it. And so it locked like <gasps> two and a half feet from my body. Oh, my God. And I was like, uh... And I looked at the dude, and he was like, is there something wrong? And I was like, um, no, it's fine. And then he just hit it, uh, and I had to fucking grab onto the thing. Holy shit. Because, like, it was fine as I was going forward, yeah. basically. And I, uh, I was just, like, shoved forward in the thing and, like, ah! <laughs> But then as it went backward, my feet were literally up in the air dangling out of the fucking car. Oh, my God. And I'm, like, holding on for dear life to the thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. It was so oh, fucking awesome scary. Six <laughs> No, uh, you need a little bit more oversight, especially if you're putting a 12 year old in your car. There, get dude. Bat- Batman on the case. Oh, let's look at the death. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, the Riddler did this. <laughs> I think that this could only have been the Riddler. You're like, you're just an actor, Gary. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Not the detective you need, but you're the detective you're gonna get. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, that happened to me and a friend when we went to uh, King's Dominion in Virginia with the whole, like, the thing not coming down. And it was a ride where, thankfully, there were no uh, loop-de-loops. Like, literally, it just sprung back up, and then we had to go through this insane ride. Yeah. And we were, like, holding it down, like, putting our legs up. Like, we were just like, crying. Dude, we were so terrified. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> How is that even possible? This happen? This is insane that we alone already have stories. And Absolutely. We're just two people who've never had this conversation before. I know. Wow. Why is that not what our podcast basically is? Why is it even possible for the ride to start if the fucking <laughs> harness isn't down all the goddamn way? I don't know, dude. Mm-hmm. I think about that all the time where there must be deaths at, like, Disneyland that they just... Cover up. Cover up. Sure. Or, and it, definitely, like, pedophile shit where they're just like, um, here's a paycheck. You're like, never, ever talk about this. You, probably, you like, think there's definitely pedophiles shit that hasn't It has come to out have happened at least a couple times. Just given how long Disney's been around, the amount of times that does happen at theme parks and public places and stuff. Wow. 
I hadn't um, thought about that. But I bet they like pay it up. <laughs> you really think that though? At the happiest place on earth. <laughs> In front of Goofy. Dude. You really think a pedo would do that in front of Goofy? Yeah, dude. Goofy would whip that dude's ass, man. <laughs> Goofy would curb stomp Goofy that and Pluto dude. would fuck a pedophile up, dude. <laughs> oh, gosh. You're a monster. Uh, oh, man. Oh, jeez. Yeah, You're man. going to jail for a long time. Is Actually, that how he talks? Let's Google it right now, dude. Talk about something. Give me 30 seconds of talking. All right. I'll play this since you're such a Zelda fan and you've been playing this a lot. I love Zelda, dude. Just wait. Don't talk. Move. She's getting away. Excuse me, princess. Of course. <laughs> Save the kingdom again, princess. Wow, bad, dude. Eh? Dude. Wait. Now get this belt off. No. What do you want? Take that. A kiss. Come on. No. Ah, damn it. Dude, I Googled it. Very first link in Google is police uncover massive pedophile ring at Disney World. Yeah, I didn't want to say for sure, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like one of those odds are. For one, like, a lot of pedophiles seem to really like Disney culture because it's all about, you know, freeze-framing your childhood and everything. Whoa, dude. NBC News. Massive pedophile ring busted. 230 kids saved. How big is that ring? <laughs> is it like a college graduation ring? Or like... No. I don't know. Oh, I see. Wow, wow, dude. What? <laughs> One time I tweeted, I was like, please stop calling it a pedophile ring because I think it's something you can buy. <laughs> Cops say that the Disney Union pedophile warning is unjust. <laughs> Okay, let's hear on both sides. What's the here's the problem though is that like most of the links are not from a reputable source. It's like newspunch.com, radar online, yeah. PJ Media, skewsme.com, Cafe Mom, Daily Mail. Uh I guess NBC News and the OC register are normal, but then there's one D Disney has ties to pedophilia and that is from the trumptimes.com. <laughs> <laughs> They're fake news. <laughs> yeah, Trump, so this might not Trump be true. Times calls every other publication fake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only source you can trust, the Trump Times. Oh man, I do. I get that paper every morning, the Trump Times. It hits my door, I hear it. There's an alt right there's a fucking uh incel that throws it at my door. <laughs> Well, I think the main complaint is basically if you're gonna go to a theme park and you're gonna pay that extra money, hey, don't don't molest my you child. You gotta put out. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, okay. Shit. Damn it. And damn the it, rides damn it. better work and not kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, if I walk through your theme park and it's a theme park, that's the thing. They could just have no theme. Mm -hmm. But if you're gonna claim there's a theme here. I better see the fucking theme. Where was Batman? Where was Superman? Where were all my pals? I didn't see Porky Pig or Dad. None of <laughs> them, really? Like, nobody. Not even in like a dirty there suit? Was, there was literally one person. <laughs> it was a girl dressed as Supergirl, and it was just a blonde woman wearing like a Supergirl. And she was like, where's my dad? Where is my dad? <laughs> my dad? Yeah, I was just like, oh, you hired a blonde woman. That's the... <laughs> Yeah, totally. Tent you put into this. She's like wearing an outfit and find a blonde woman. Would you? Thanks. She's like wearing an outfit they got from the gift shop. By the way, I think that we've made a particularly large amount of suicide and pedophile jokes in this episode, and I just want to say real quick to stay safe and don't die. 
if you're please. a pet, no, no, just, if you're a pedophile, <laughs> that, that can't no be one that else. can't be what we mean. Just a reminder <laughs> that we make dark jokes on here, and that's our thing. Not that we think it's funny that people kill themselves or fuck kids. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think that's the most horrifying thing on planet Earth. And if you do that, man, fuck you, dude. Fuck pedophiles, man. You know what I'm I mean? Starting, I'm starting to get I'm, there. Dude. Yeah. No, I'm, real, I'm getting heated. I've been telling Hampton that it's bad for a while, and finally I think he's coming around. I can see both sides. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there was, people did wrong on see. both sides. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There's a lot of blame. To go around on oh, both sides, yeah. There's just so much because there's like on the one hand those there are those like pedophiles fucking kids, but then on the other hand, why did those kids dress like that? You know what I mean? Why did you live in Chernobyl? Why huh? do you have a lunch pail if you don't want to get fucked? <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm the one that keeps making these jokes. <laughs> man, maybe you should look at the man in the mirror. Yeah, dude. You know what I'm saying? I have been. Well, uh, yeah, you get it. You ever look at the man in the mirror and you're like. Gonna make Billy a change. Jean. Oh man, it sucks because he's a he's really he's like the worst of he's like the king of the pedophiles. That guy. <laughs> king of king of pedophiles. King oh of man. Well, where do we go from here? Because I just feel really bad now. Oh really? You can't see. I think the world. I'm is laying down on a couch, place. and Ham, so Hampton's my therapist. I think the re, the natural response to a dark world full of depression and death and pedophilia is to start a podcast. <laughs> and guys, join up for that Patreon. Uh, go to patreon.com slash suicide buddies. Find all sorts of extra content. <laughs> <laughs> extra content. Uh, yeah, I think the best way to get out of your depression is to yeah. pay me, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> know man if that stuff like i think a lot of that stuff makes you know me upset existentially but then i mean really like the biggest thing is i'm just my own worst enemy and i like to just beat myself up uh if i really went into therapy i'd be kind of lying if i was like well what's wrong well it's just you know the world oh yeah no no that's not the problem for me death and pedophiles and you know i'm so selfless (laughs) like i just think about those things all the time i felt this bad all the time before there was any racism (laughs) eight years ago when there was no racism i felt bad thanks obama (laughs) and i i know but people say that sarcastically but thank you no 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 yeah yeah solving all of racism. And then Trump brought the racism back <laughs> after it was completely gone. Um, after that, he put it all in that jar. That joke made it sound like I'm a Trump supporter. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, totally, dude. It's, uh, I mean, that's what depression is. I mean, Steve Hernandez was said it so well when we had him on the show. I was like, you have all the trappings of a, of a depressed person. And he's like, well, it's a disease, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. That thing we always say. Um yeah, dude. Well, yeah. I mean, now, like, this is a great uh, fluid segue into what we wanted to talk about, which is like... Uh, Except for when you say that. I know. That, like, ruined it completely. <laughs> and now it's not fluid at all. And I'm just talking about now how fluid it is. Now it's a solid. Now it's a solid. Arrogant. Unlike my shits. <laughs> you know what I find? You know what should be a Hampton uh, helpful no. hint? If you're depressed, take a big shit. Oh, my God. And it helps me every time. Sometimes... I think I want to kill myself, but it turns out I just needed to poo. <laughs> Maybe I need the world to leave me alone so I can so poo. I can shit. 
Yeah. I'm not pushing people away so much as I just need to shit. Shit, then jerk off. Wait, but uh, you're saying that uh, this kind of does <laughs> lead together. into what we were talking about. It's just like ways to get out of this sort of. Yeah, um, we've uh, we've been both bumming lately. Uh, real horde. And kind of always, but at least for me, it's been worse. And I like, it's been so bad. I'm like, fuck, dude. I like, I got to. Because I like, when I was feeling the depression real bad, um, I started talking about it on the show a few months ago. I was like, okay, you know, do the stuff that you normally do. Quit drinking. Um, just make sure you get enough sleep. Reach out to friends and stuff. But it was really bad. And so I've had to like really, I've been really searching for things to help. And uh, and it's, uh, and I've found some. Yeah. Like truly, you know, it's funny hmm. uh, that it obviously helps, but it's corny, is like really peaceful music. I've been listening to a lot of Fortet and a lot of like Odessa and just walking around and looking at trees and being like, oh, yeah, look at that tree. What kind of music is that like? It's like really, um, really soft, ethereal electronic music. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Fortet has uh, his last record that he put out is called, I think it's called 2017, and it has some songs on it that are just, it's really breezy electronic is this, uh, music. Is what you're kind of doing in Portland? Like just taking oh my walks? Oh yes. Because when we were there, it was so beautiful. Yeah. And I kind of was like jealous, you just, we're going to stick around. Oh, it's the best choice I ever made, dude. I got to say, to like just to the city of Portland, and yeah, I also stayed after our show that Sunday and did a bunch of local shows and met a bunch of local comics and hung out with them. And fuck, dude, the Portland comedy scene is the shit. Yeah, and gross. the town is fucking beautiful. I literally, I think I took a lift twice in five days. I, I, sw I stayed in a hotel downtown for three days and then a hotel on the east side for two days. And my shows were all over and I walked to all of them. I, like, I just made it a point to walk like through all the parks and walk over the bridges and god damn that was dude. So funny when we left uh, ground control at like 2 a.m yeah like you were just like i'm just gonna walk and i didn't think of it anything of it till later when i checked the time and i was like wow what a fucking crazy city that you're just like i'm just gonna go walk you know yeah, 30 like minutes in the middle of the night uh, i will say i had to walk all the way through downtown from chinatown and it wasn't really the best decision <laughs> yeah like <laughs> It was like a really healthy sprint. Yeah. It was cool though, man. I like had my backpack and I'm walking through this fucking like all these tall buildings and uh, I someone had given us weed and I, I bought a pack of rolling papers and I just like rolled myself a joint and I was listening to the last Odessa album, which really, it's just really breezy and really beautiful and really soft, but also really up-tempo. And I'm just like looking, it's literally just like looking at all the city lights, mm -hmm. listening to this music that is the equivalent of a skyline, smoking a joint, uh, walking by myself. I, it like really calmed me the fuck down that you city. You gotta try marijuana. <laughs> if you like weed, dude, try marijuana. Oh, dude. Oh, it's like mm -hmm. pot mixed in with a little bit of grass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh hell yeah, dude! It's you, hoy. I that think is funny. Uh, you took a, such a break. You, you even that night when we were there, you were just like, I, I took a couple sips of beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good. Like everything was very like trepidatious, and it was fun that you didn't spiral out in that week. You actually had a good time with it. No, it really helped. Yeah, dude. And then, uh, yeah, dude. I don't know. And then I was just, like, I was just in Boulder hanging out with my cousins, and my my cousins are just. I don't know, man. I mean, they're my family. They're obviously my family, but they're my family. It's like I'm around them. And it's so easy when you're a depressive person, I think, to to forget what makes you feel good. And then I just get around those people, and I just feel like I'm like, 
the feeling that there is no love on earth is just gone. I'm just like around these people that I love them so much. Yeah. And they so obviously love me. And it's like, you know, I know that not everyone has that. And that, that sucks. And my heart goes out to you. But I don't, I feel like I don't have that mm-hmm. most of the time. And I have people in LA that, that I love, that love me. You're one of them. You're one of them, both of you. And, uh, and I can still, it's still so hard for me to remember that. I literally have to be surrounded by people that are contractually obligated to, <laughs> well, I guess they're not actually, because we both have family members who don't. But uh, Yeah, no, I hear you though. I mean, it's yeah. something very pure about actually getting along with your family. Right. I mean, same thing. I guess that's what it is. They're me, in my I, family and... Yeah. And they love me, and so it's like, yeah, oh it's like shit! I got together with my brother recently. Like I got to see him when I was in Virginia, and there is something great about getting to reconnect. And you're like, man, we have so much fun, and we never get to see each other. Yeah, and that sucks, you know, because it's also a relationship with a lot of past to it. So there's always stuff to just you know shared experience. Yeah, it's going yeah. on. Did you get to hang out with your cousins much when you were growing up? Like we guys, uh, some of them, close. like a couple of them. The one, the yeah, I. Two of the ones I was hanging out with a lot, yes. I hung out with, like, one of my aunts, her kids, I saw at least a couple times a year, but that was mostly it. It's really, like, other than that, kind of in my adult life, I've become close with them. And, yeah, it's totally what you're saying, where, like, there's this, like, it's not even necessarily that you get along better than other people. It's just you come from the same blood so you just understand yeah. shit there's way there's, more yeah less conversation needs to happen to catch up and it's very much like you're on the same page when you get upset when someone gets upset you know why <laughs> you know what i mean you're yeah. like and we like yeah we have when me and my siblings get together we all like each other a lot and, but it is like we're like it's like vietnam vets where <laughs> within a right. minute it's like talking about the war talking about the ptsd talking about like you know dude that's what it's like, it's like with my cousins too where it's like yeah it's like had, walter from big lebowski where everything is tangentially associated with vietnam like because <laughs> dad would always yeah totally <laughs> Everything like, whoa, whoa, let's just get coffee, man. It's like incrementally throughout the past couple of years, I've been having like direct conversations with my cousins about what we, what I went through growing up and what they did. And it is so similar in a lot, in a lot of the, of the cases. And one of them that I hadn't had that conversation with until this wedding texted me the day after. And uh, he's moving to Portland. And he was cool. like, dude, moving to Portland, you got to come visit me because we got to fucking talk, bro. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. This yeah. is why we return. Exactly. Let's plan a return. Yeah. Guys, we're mm-hmm. going to do all the same jokes. <laughs> word for word. It, word for word. Same riffing. I recorded my sets. I'm going to memorize it all no matter riffing. what your fucking reaction is. <laughs> that wasn't improv. That was all riff. That was all written out ahead of time. Dude, I got like, I, I had two just like nuggets of ideas that I went on stage with uh, at those shows that that turned into like complete bits by the end. They I became was felt sick so, nugs. They, yeah, dude, fucking tight ass. I know. I, I had some <laughs> stuff there also that I was like, fucking hell yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's hard to express. That's the thing is like, it was really hard to express to my manager about the whole difference of like what a comedy club audience is like and just an audience where you can just riff out bits. That's yeah. so fucking different. Totally. This is supposed to be like, wait, why are you guys talking at the table? What? It's a bachelorette party. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got in the way of your, 
night out right <laughs> by right. attempting to entertain you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry, I got in the way of. <laughs> sorry that you paid for this thing that I'm currently doing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dude, imagine you went to go see a movie and it's just the movie apologizing the whole time. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. I meant to make a movie and it's just, it's not happening. I was joking around with my cousins actually about how like, yeah, I was just talking about some of the shit that happened to me when I was a kid and, and uh, my, my cousin, one of my cousins commented like, yeah, you know, I was saying I'm really worried about doing something to my kids to like... Mm-hmm. Fucking them up, mm-hmm. which is, I think is a thing that a lot of people worry Take about. Them having to kids, Disney World, dude. exactly fixes everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they'll fall in love. Leave them in adult. the teacup ride. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Mix it up. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm just so worried about like, like just saying the wrong thing, fucking my kid up or whatever. Yeah, and she was like, she was like, yeah, you know, I mean, there's just a million ways you can fuck your kid up. And I was like, yeah, you know, honestly, I feel so worried about it and so bad. I'm just. Like, if I do one thing wrong, it'll be it for me. And then my kids are going to be at a therapist when they're older and being like, every single fucking day, my dad said sorry. Every day. And it sucked. Yeah. (laughs) And that's totally what it's going to be like. There's absolutely no way to win in this Kobayashi Maru no-win situation. I mean, really, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And it's also funny that you can do everything perfect, and then the outside world, you have no ability to know if your kid's going to get hurt in some way or if people are just going to treat him shitty that's completely out of your sphere of influence yeah it's just like you know and that's the only the amount you can control up until they're adults and then you hope they go out into the world and like have to you know deal with adversity and stuff yeah so it's really fucked up i mean i think something interesting is um a good way to look at a lot of this is always like an optimistic nihilism yeah it's like it doesn't matter so therefore I, I shouldn't treat it like it matters. Like, oh, interesting. So many morons have kids. I know. It's like odds are you're not going to... I mean, the fact that you're even having this conversation I with know. yourself implies that you're at least thinking about it. I'm trying to accept that for sure because it is like a thing where, yeah, you can't get it... I mean, the thing is that like obviously you're going to do things that affect that person. You're going to... Everything you do affects them. So some of it's going to be negative. I just don't want it to be the things. I don't want it to be like. I don't want to. There are obvious things you cannot do, <laughs> and well, I don't want to do those Dave, things. Dave, you better make up your fucking mind because I'm pregnant. <laughs> Dave's been busting in me. Well, maybe you sh- <laughs> on every Patreon episode, Dave busts in me. Well, maybe you shouldn't have married that harlot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do bust in in uh, Hamptons uterus. Bustin makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a they call me Bustin Rhymes. <laughs> they call me Bustin Nut. TikTok Dave, <laughs> baby's coming, and I <laughs> and I'm having it in Alabama. <laughs> I am. Do you think 100%. his original name was Busta Cums? <laughs> Not only can you not have an abortion in Alabama, but you actually have to keep the baby in there till it's a full adult. <laughs> you do. Yeah, they stay you in the womb. drag your belly around as a full adult. You, is or in there. if the kid does get out, they, you cannot cut the umbilical cord until they're 18. <laughs> you can have as many kids as you want, but they got to stay oh, a- attached to you and you feed them. 
through the court. How is this already passed into law? We were just saying it. <laughs> it just happened. As, that's how yeah. laws are made by straight white dudes. Kavanaugh listens to our podcast and is like, sure, fine, cucks. I'll do that. Fine. Fine. I just want to do everything they hate. Man, now fuck I, him, huh? I definitely have the constant question of like, you know, am I going to be my father or whatever, you know, or am I going to pass all of this neuroticism, you know, that I clearly yeah. have onto a child. And I don't feel very optimistic about it. I don't feel very good about it, but I also kind of do recognize that, man, so many people are idiots and also the world is likely going to a bad situation that I can't even control. That's a lot of these things are just, I can't control it. So yeah. why, might as well. <laughs> like, worst case scenario, you're doing what everyone else is doing. Yeah. You know, it's like, but I don't want to. I still don't want to. Well, I no, I know what you mean. Like, you, I think... I, I got to see all the Six Flags before I have a kid. <laughs> I think what you're talking about is healthy to a point. And I, I know that that's actually what you mean. You don't mean just like... Don't give a shit. Don't try. Just go out there and fuck your kids up. That's not what you mean. It's like I can't um, help but not, you know, it's like I, I have to see things as pointless. It's just like that's where my brain goes. But I do think that can also be fine. Yeah. Things but I mean, I guess I just think it's important people are listening. To, like, I don't want people to just give up as a result of us saying this. Because I think what you're saying is try, but then also know you can only do your best. And I think uh, you putting, you know, like that good or what into the world, that sort of thing that you put the importance on it. I just don't think anything has necessarily an inherent worth. Like say family has inherent worth. Like everyone should have a family because a family is so perfect and so great. Right. Right. And it's like, well, no, it's entirely up to you to make a good family. Yeah. Yeah. So it is like, that's the thing. I think we tend to go through life thinking like, how is, you know, society already kind of determined my path for me, but it's more like, how can you make your path? It'll probably be the same as most people. Most people tend to get with a significant other and then have a kid or something yeah, like yeah. that, or create something at some point, make a movie together, <laughs> make totally. a podcast. Yeah, totally. Bust in Until me. You, yeah, exactly. Bust in <laughs> make me. A ma- make a baby. <laughs> me and my, yeah, bust in buddies. But it's like, you know, I think a lot of times when I think about the state of the world, I'm always like, yeah, things look really grim. I can't be yeah. like, oh, it'll all be great, you know, in 20 years. Yeah. Like, I think, like, the climate's going to get worse. I think well, yeah, I mean, a report came like, out that we're yeah. apparently going to all die in 2050. That's the thing is, like, uh-huh. when I was, like, 20 years old, I had a professor who just really laid out why we'll all be dead by, like, 2050. So I've, oh, I've since college been like, yeah, I think we're all going to be dead. Like, Dude, that's so insane to so, think that we'll, we might be alive for the end of the world. That's crazy, dude. Well, uh, <laughs> yes, or Lester had a really good thing, but uh, he's a comic we both know. So funny. And uh, he posted up this thing of just like, yeah, you know, you can look at this report, which was done by vice.com. So no one take that shit seriously. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, I suppose you can look at this article and then just not do anything <laughs> to change the situation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess that's one way of copping out completely is <laughs> to read an article and be like, I guess I don't have to change anything about myself. <laughs> Dude. Because <laughs> this totally. article just said I'm great. 
It kind of reminds me that all those articles that come out and they'll be like, it turns out people with a high IQ are oftentimes, you know, like they're meaner or they <laughs> swear more right. or like they're messier. And I'm always like, that's just some smart dude wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, here's why I'm messy because I'm so damn smart. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so fucking funny. This I article thought of that. Uh, says everyone's afraid to date me because mm. my dick's too cool. <laughs> Oh, I'm not an incel. I'm just too, too fuckable. Wow. God damn. That's so funny, man. Um, We're all just jealous. <laughs> wow. We're all just jealous of my Digimon card collection. I love it. I love jealous. It. Jealous much? Oh, dude. I, um... After we're done recording here, I'm going to go do more peaceful shit. That's I, uh, good. I'm yeah. going to go watch Chernobyl catch up. Oh, man. Honestly, that, and I've not had a lot that's made me really happy recently, but something about this show and the fact that it is this dark, it really has made me go, like, I get really intensely sad. Yeah. And I think about the lives lost and how traumatic it is, and I just go, yeah, like, the worst thing I have to do is I have to pay some, like, bills and stuff. <laughs> I just look right. around my house. I'm like, yeah, my hand kind of hurts. And I, you know, I got right. to do the dishes. It's not- but a nuclear reactor didn't explode <laughs> under my house. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like, the skin is like melting and just exploding in front of their own eyes. And it's just like, God, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That really happened. That really fucking it. And there was yeah. a massive government cover up. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess things aren't that bad. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's funny. Perspective is so helpful. Yeah, I'm not, you know, it's funny because I'd never, you know, really recommend that for people, you know, to not like, uh, like you, you have to acknowledge your own pain and you can't always be like, well, there's somebody who's got it worse. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. The fact that this is like a semi-fictionalized kind of version of events and it's easy to kind of just watch it as a show. Yeah. Allows me to do that. Yeah. You know? It is interesting, too. It looks cool. Right. Well, that's, I think, exactly why this stuff I'm referring to as peaceful shit, this, like, beautiful music and, like, being in nature Hmm. helps because it's a combination of one, uh, like, uh, well, I guess it's just inherently relaxing, but then on top of that, it's the scope of it. Like, the world, you look at the ocean or a forest or wherever you are. And it's just like, you're so minuscule in comparison to that. Mm. But then, uh, if you're looking at beautiful photographs of it or like short films about it, documentaries about it, you're listening to this beautiful music. It's like really high production value. It's Mm. like designed to enhance the beautiful (laughs) parts of it. Uh, and yeah, of course I respond to that. Yeah. It'd be so funny (laughs) if you didn't go outside once in Portland and you just stayed in and watched planet earth too. (laughs) Getting high. I feel so minuscule. Nature's (laughs) so amazing. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, I don't know. When people make art, you know, I th- or say this sort of thing that you do to, I don't know, feel better about bad things, you're trying to like see the world as a bigger thing, maybe interconnected and there's some beauty to it. And I always see it's like you're trying to put some sort of art panache on it all. You yeah. Know? Like right. I see the world beautifully now, it's beautiful. But I also kind of was just thinking like, you know, when people make art, that's trying to be beautiful about something traumatic. 
Yeah. Like, that's always interesting to me. And I was like, a really fucked up thought. I was like, what if that's like a form of almost like war profiteering <laughs> when you make Dude. like art about war and you're Actually, like. Actually, <laughs> that's the thing that's been fucking with my head lately. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've thought about this a lot. I haven't heard it articulated like that. But like, I have a major problem with, I've done a lot of storytelling, live storytelling. And, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously the biggest place to do that is the moth. And I have a real beef with the moth as a, like a vehicle for art. Because, hmm. and it's not like their intention at the beginning or, or probably even what they mean to be doing now. Sure. But if you're, but mo- the moth has reached this point where there's a type of story that does very well. Yeah. And it's a story of struggle. So crazy. It's a story of struggle in which the person telling the story is not the villain at all. And so basically the story goes like, I, I am weak in this way. The world did this thing to me. I coped with that thing it did to me, and now I am stronger. And that's like, and Which you know, is fine. But if that becomes the trope of what always does well, it especially if your audience tends to be uh, middle class to wealthy, older people, hmm. who I mean, yeah, just middle class to wealthy older people that don't have as much struggle as the person they're watching. Right. Then there's this like, wow. so your version of entertainment is hearing about someone else having a hard time. And I'm kind of like, fuck you. Wow, man. Damn, yeah. that's a great point. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yeah, it really bothers me. Jeez, that's their fucking like Roman games. It's just like, oh, look, sad people. Yeah, exactly. Put them in an arena. The, who is the saddest? <laughs> the Claudius Maximus of the, of the gladiator of being sad. Who else wants some? Right. I will be sadder than all of you. <laughs> Yeah, it's very interesting to me, especially... Sat off. And, you know, like I said, those are all valid... It's a valid type of story. Uh, It's just like, if there were other formulas, if there were other equations floating around in this storytelling world, and there are, but they're just not nearly as popular or prevalent... I like now a hundred percent. It'd be harder for someone to tell a story where they're the bad guy in the story and try and empathize with the fact that I made a terrible decision, especially in this cancel culture world. It's that's just re that's just reinforcing the, this fucking phenomenon of people going up and being like, I've never done anything wrong. Those people do things wrong and it hurt me. And everyone's like, yay. I mean, totally. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing of like, you know, you're supposed to, call out bad behavior but when people aren't really doing any sort of self-analyzation there's really nothing progressing progressing (laughs) totally man i mean i I feel like we're on the Uh, same page you and i about this we're like i'm like so goddamn liberal and progressive i want everyone to just be fucking good to everyone and let people be and i all of the elements of this that are moving towards that trans rights gay rights uh, Black Lives Matter, fucking all that shit's so good. Me too is a true revolution. I believe all these things, but then the bad part of cancel culture that I really think is bad about it is it makes it doesn't create an environment in which we can, uh, in in which we can cancel ourselves. Quite frankly, uh, you don't want to, cancel is the wrong word, but it creates an environment in which people are scared to say I did this wrong. And that's the most important thing. Right. People need to be able to, otherwise no one's really learning and no one's learning. I mean, None of us are talking like about growth Louis's at all. Half assed apology. It's like, that's an example of like, well, you had no one really mm-hmm. to look at and be like, well, how did that guy apologize? <laughs> cause no yeah. one, cause no one's doing a good job. 
Yeah, I mean, that is a little bit different in the sense that he should have, he was so gonna get fucked anyway. <laughs> you know, he did something so wrong, he needed to fucking come out. That would have really helped in the other direction. Hmm. If that, dude, if Louis would fucking actually apologize, it would be so helpful, man. Like, you know you did something awful, you piece of shit. Just say it. Fuck, it makes me so mad. I thought I could get away with it. That's basically his version yeah. of an apology. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah, we know. <laughs> That's why we're That's all why, yelling yeah. at you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think anyone would would, would catch me. <laughs> I did the crime because I thought I could get away with it. <laughs> yeah, I know, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. And so you see my side. Uh, well, interesting, interesting app, dude. Yeah. What do we even title this bad boy? I know. I think, well, you know, I think the intention was to talk about things that have been helping us with depression, right? So we could talk, we could name it. Things that I have wish- been helping us with depression. <laughs> yeah, I wish things were all good. I mean, recently, like, uh, Georgia was just like, you seem like you're really sad recently. <laughs> wow. I was like, damn, you're, you're probably right. And, yeah. uh, you know, a lesser me would have been more outraged <laughs> by yeah. this. But I, I think I was just like, hey, you're right. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's good to call it out. Good it's good she recognizes point. it. Dude, the thing for me, uh, like, just to wrap it all up, and like I, I have to. I need to get this tattooed on my fucking arm, dude. <laughs> Text your friends. Uh, that's the thing. Being around my cousins, I just like. I was just when I was leaving, we were all like tearing up, and I was just like, I'm tearing up now thinking about it. And I was like, I'm just gonna call you guys more. And they were like, Right, yeah. Go. And none of us do it. I think deep it's, connections are good. <laughs> I've been trying to hang out with people, and it's been going okay. But I also have been still feeling. Kind of like a void because it wasn't like people who I'm that close with anymore. So right. It was nice, but I, I was more just like, well, that was like a nice meal, but I didn't like. Totally. Man, well, at least you're doing that. I'm not even like texting my fucking good friends in LA at all. Um, so what I'm saying is, uh, Hampton, I would appreciate a text. <laughs> I just start screaming at you. Let's go um, see Godzilla. I heard he's the king of all monsters. We should, we should go see. We should have a Suicide Buddies field trip. <laughs> Where we start podcasting during Godzilla. (laughs) Talking during the movie. (laughs) Who here wants to kill Everyone's like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. (laughs) No, I want Aristotle. You and I have seen some movies, but Aristotle never comes. We invite him, but he's like, I don't like you. So (laughs) he's like, I have zines to jerk off on or whatever he does with his fucking time. Guys, uh, before we get out of here, if you want to come see me and not Godzilla, uh, because Godzilla doesn't do stand-up comedy. Uh, I'm at I'm at Sunnyvale uh, in California, Rooster Tea Feathers. It's in the Palo Alto area, June 20th through the 23rd, doing a bunch of shows. Please come out. Uh, it'll be so much fun if uh, buddies of the show came out. And I uh, I have a show tonight, the day this podcast fucking drops, in Santa Cruz. What's the... Oh, dope. Day to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday, June 6th, I'm in Santa Cruz, California. Friday, June 7th, I'm in Eureka, California. And Saturday, June 8th, I have a show in Oakland, California, and then a show in San Francisco. And then I go home. It's a little three-day Northern California tour that I'm split headlining with Steph Tolev. Um, and if you only have the money to see either Dave or I, you know, that's up to you. It's definitely just, see me. Just, no, it's up to them. It's up to you to see me. Godzilla! <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, subscribe to us on Patreon if you want more. We have like our $5 tiers, patrons and up, get 
two bonus episodes a month of Hampton and I hanging out and talking more. And then our $10 patrons and up get a solo episode each of Hampton and I talking alone. And this week, uh, my solo episode is going up. So, uh, yeah, if you want that, go to patreon.com slash suicide buddies. Just rapping to the kids, you know, getting them off drugs. Yeah, dude. Teaching them about safe sex. Talk, I'll probably be talking about peaceful shit the entire time. <laughs> no, fuck that. I'm going to be talking about safe sex. Peace and safe Rap, sex. Wrapping it up. Well, wrapping it up is pretty peaceful. <laughs> uh, Hampton, this was really fun as always, man. This is great, man. Let's have this baby. See you. Oh, no. I hate cum. Glad you're alive. Glad you're come. Glad you're come. Glad you were come and aren't anymore. Bye. <laughs> hey, folks. Thanks for listening to Suicide Buddies. Dave and I want you to know that we don't really take this subject that lightly, even though we joke about depression and suicide and possibly even killing ourselves. Uh, it's all part of the beast, but you need to know that we don't take it lightly. And we respect that if you're actually currently dealing with insane depression right now, that we would prefer that you deal with it and we would really appreciate it especially if you would call the national suicide prevention lifeline they're at 1-800-273-8255 that's 1-800-273-TALK and they're they're better equipped to deal with some of the more medical side of uh, depression and suicidal thoughts and they are there they're there to talk to you and help you deal with it and we really want you to stay with us and we're happy that you're with us so thanks for listening Podcast Network.